With the year coming to a close and registration starting to open for next year, students are once again working through financial aid. But something's off. Was it always this difficult? Met with busy signals, holds, and inconsistent answers, a process so essential to students staying in school is becoming more and more of a burden. I'm Clayton Murphy, and this is your Kaiman cast for the week of April 3rd. This time, we're looking into why financial aid has become a difficult process for some students at the University of Montana. Last week, Kaiman News reporter Claire Bernard wrote about the state of the UM Financial Aid Department. We caught up with Bernard, the director of financial aid, and some UM students to get some background on the department, its importance, and its struggles. Hey, Claire, thanks for coming on the Kaiman cast. Of course. I'm happy to be here. So, Claire, what have you been up to in the news department? Um, no, I've been up to a lot. Primarily this semester, I've done a lot of reporting around some of the short staffing issues that are going on around campus and how that's affecting the different departments and students. It seems like uh, a lot of students are feeling the effects of short staffing in the financial aid office this semester. What have you found? Yeah, so I have been talking to a lot of different students, and they've all kind of had different issues, but it's all boiled down to having issues communicating with financial aid and getting through that uh, to them and having them help the students uh, navigate some of the trickier financial aid stuff, including FAFSA applications, just because they are so confusing and complicated. And then just kind of in general right now, UM has 113 open positions and the financial aid office themselves, they're only 70% staffed. So they only have five positions open right now out of the 17 that they have in the office. So what have you found that the office is, is doing to try to fill some of these positions? Yeah, so they're doing uh, a couple of things. First of all, they just got another Basically, how it works to raise wages in the administrative positions, they have to appeal and they have to get a pay increase on the pay scale. And they just did that for this new year. And even with that increased wage, people just still aren't applying to the positions. They've been open for a while and they haven't found anyone. And so right now in the financial aid office, they are paying people about $18.72 an hour. And it it just doesn't seem like it's enticing a lot of people, especially for the high amount of stress and long work hours that the financial aid office has to do. So we know there's a lot of students affected by this. Uh, Do you remember anything that really uh, hit home with you that really had an impact? Yeah. So I had this great interview with a junior. Their name is Hannah Horniak. And They had just such a time trying to get through with the financial aid office. Essentially, they needed to file for their independent status, and that's something you have to file for each year with the university because it is a FAFSA requirement to be a dependent of your parents unless you fill out these forms and basically say, I'm not using my parents' finances. I'm basing my FAFSA off of my income alone. And... So they needed to file for independent status. They filled out their FAFSA, they sent it in, and it immediately just spit back out them at them, you need to talk to your financial aid. 
advisor. And so they called the office and they emailed the office and they didn't hear anything back. And then they finally got through to the office and the office essentially told them they're going to be fine. It's all going to be okay. They're going to get it all figured out. Um, And then a couple weeks after that, they got a letter in the mail saying that their FAFSA couldn't be processed. And they went into the financial aid office to speak to a financial aid advisor, and they had set up a meeting previously with the financial aid director, Emily Williamson, and when they got there for the meeting, she was in an all-day meeting and couldn't meet with Hannah. And so, thankfully, they were eventually able to meet with Williamson and work through, you know, obviously declaring the independent status. And then they also did some really cool things. Uh, They helped rework the website um, in how you go about declaring independent status and what that kind of looks like. And they also helped rework the letter that they send out to students saying that their FAFSA has been denied or that their FAFSA can't be processed. Um, and that's just kind of one example because I've been talking to a lot of different students and they they all have unique situations and it's because their situations are unique to them that we need the financial aid office to run smoothly because they need to help students with their specific situations. It's not really uh, like a generic thing that you could find online on to how to navigate these things. All right. Well, thank you, Claire, for coming on. Thank you, Clay. But it's not just FAFSA. Freshman and English major Riley Work said she had trouble figuring out the majority of her aid. This added even more stress to starting classes. She had about five different scholarships, and said it took forever to hear back from the office. And so they'd always be asking questions to somebody else, and it'd be like relayed back and forth and back and forth. And then they'd be like, okay, well, we'll get back to you at this time, whenever. And then they never would. So it was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go to class then. The 19-year-old is from the Fort Belknap Reservation in north-central Montana. She grew up in a low-income household with three siblings, so she has to pay for tuition on her own. She says she's grateful for all her scholarships in the Montana American Indian Tuition Waiver and says it's really the only way she could ever pursue higher education. And so, like, hearing that that might not be able to work out to be able to pursue my career is like, well, dang, I mean, I got it all the way here, but I'm not going to be able to pay for it. Like, that's scary. I guess I just hope that there is going to be, like, qualified people in the future that are going to be able to help not only just like students who heavily, heavily, heavily rely on financial aid because you don't know if you're going to like not be able to go to class one day because they don't check in or you have to check in every little while. The idea seems scary for sure, especially for students just starting at UM. Being unfamiliar with the system makes a lack of communication so much more stressful. Marcella Slassen is also a freshman and says figuring out summer registration for the first time was daunting. She wanted to take summer classes remotely from her home in Connecticut, but was surprised by some of the weird loopholes to save money. And my roommate had told me about switching to distance-only status, which meant that you wouldn't have to pay a lot of fees that's associated with like staying on campus at the college. So I went to financial aid to inquire about that, and one of the ladies there told me that basically I would need to cancel my scholarship that I had. Easy enough, right? Not exactly. If she wanted to cancel the scholarship, she'd have to appeal to a committee 
and explain why she should be able to cancel and eventually reactivate okay. it. And when I'd gone back to my room and I mentioned that to my roommate, she was like, they never said anything about that to me. And she had already submitted the form and everything. Slassen says she's going to go ahead with applying for distance only and will have to appeal to the scholarship committee. But the decision wasn't made any easier by the department. However, problems like these haven't gone unnoticed. Williamson, the director of financial aid, said the department has been struggling with unemployment all year and progress is starting to be made. She says two of the five open positions are about to be filled, and the department is starting to experiment with outsourcing. And we're implementing that for this coming fall as well to help with some of the processing delays as well to give the limited staff that we have here the opportunity to be more present and, and um, serve students in a better capacity moving forward is our hope. Williamson says the outsourcing won't add any additional cost to tuition as financial aid departments aren't allowed to be funded by tuition. Instead, the department actually plans to get the funding from UM's lack of employment. With an excess of salary money stemming from the employment problem, financial aid will be able to make their system more efficient and helpful to students. Williamson says she's been motivated by all the feedback and hopes the department can get back to normal soon. Looking forward, I mean, we're here for students, right? And so looking forward, it's always it's always disappointing and hard and emotional for me. I always get emotional because I'm passionate about what we do and that we're here for students. And so anytime we hear that we aren't doing that well or that we could do better um, is something that I take to heart. Students we spoke to recommended going into the office in person while they start ramping up to full speed. And I hope that we can improve processes and financial aid is so critical. I know that I would not be where I'm sitting today and I would not have the degree that I have without it. And Riley agrees. She's scared that one day her scholarships might not be accepted and she'll be left wondering how to pay for college on her own. I just pray that in the future that it won't be as big of a mess or a problem as it is right now. In other news, are you struggling with deciding on housing for next year? Read about student experiences with the most popular off-campus choices. And in arts, drag mentors teach upcoming performers the art of drag. And finally in sports, read about a Lady Grizz basketball player turned javelin thrower. Want some more Kaiman Cast content? Tune in on Tuesdays to The Kymix, a playlist made by UM students for UM students based on the Cast's episode topic. For more information about any of these topics and many others, pick up a copy of the Montana Kaiman this Thursday, or head to our website at www.montanakaiman.com. For this week's Cast, I'm Clayton Murphy. See you next week.